This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, October 2nd, 2020. And of course, that means we started the second quarter. I mean, the fourth quarter. Third quarter's over, fourth quarter's upon us. So it's been a bad year. I mean, as far as the economy is concerned, we have voluntarily shut down our economy because of the COVID-19. We're trying to reignite it. And that's what's been in the process for several months now. You know, here it's October. The, we shut the economy down in March. Uh, and then uh, we've learned a lot about the virus and we've been trying to reopen it as safely as possible. And... You know, it's just been a struggle. The stock market initially fell hard, right, 35-plus percent, uh, and it's been working its way back. Uh, the overall market is still down for the year and still down from where from the high it made. Uh, the NASDAQ, the high, big cap tech stocks, have led the way out, which they generally do. And, uh, you know, they've gotten very overvalued, and we just recently had a pullback, and we're still dealing with that pullback. That's what's happening. I'm Steve Peasley, and today, and in the program, this podcast, I will do my best to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. I know you want strategies to help deal with the volatility. I am here, and I will help you as much as I can, but you got to call. This is the call-in show. 888-99-CHART is the number. And it is Friday, so therefore, you know, on Friday, as I usually give you some highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter sometime this hour. So I will be doing that. The market was down today. It actually did quite well from the opening. It was down like four or 500 points with the news of President Trump and First Lady Lady catching the coronavirus. Uh, so far, he has mild symptoms, but I understand he went to the hospital uh, later today. I don't know if that was... He walked to the helicopter. I saw that part on the news. So, it doesn't look like he's suffering too much. But, yeah, you know, in a couple of days, you don't know. It could be you know, bad for him. We don't know. Don't know. So, anyways, that's what's happening today. The market was down 500 points and then crawled back. It ended up being down 134 points for the Dow, down 250 points for the NASDAQ, so the big tech stocks uh, took it on the chin because, remember, they're the ones that leads down and up, and that's just the way it works. I mean, Apple's down 3% today. Let's see, what was AMZN? These are the big tech stocks been up and down. Take a look at the charts, and you'll see they were, it was down 3% too. So the big tech is what took it on chin and drove the NASDAQ. The S&P was down 32, so uh, 32 points. So that was what drove the market. But that's much better than it was earlier in the day. So it was trying to make a comeback and all day long from the bad news from President Trump and so on and so forth. Okay, um, I have talking points I want to talk to you about, and today's is, uh, we're going to talk about the history. You know, there's cycles that go in the market, there's yearly cycles, and I want to talk about the annual cycle, and we're going to talk about that pretty, a little bit of detail before the end of the, the hour. 
Okay, let's go ahead and take the first call. Okay, it is, uh, this came in earlier. Hey, Stephen Justin, this is Jeremy from Tucson. Question about Bud, B-U-D. I uh, had a, a pullback recently. I don't know your guys' thoughts. Thanks. Okay, this is Anheuser-Busch. B-U-D is the symbol. Belgium-based company manufactures over 500 beer brands. 500 different beer brands around the world. Uh, primarily under the Budweiser and Stella uh, Artos. I'm not a beer drinker, so you know I'm not. I don't understand the fascination of all so many brands. Are, do they all taste different? I mean, is there that many different flavors? And this is just one company, Budweiser. It's a big company, 107 billion dollars in size. They were growing earnings nicely in 2019. They made $4.08 a share. But, uh, uh, up $3.16 a year before. This year is going to be $1.95, and then next year they, they're they assuming it's going to recover to $3.07. It's a $54 stock. And, of course, sales have suffered tremendously. Remember, it closed down all the bars. I mean, we're, to, we're talking about all the bars around the world, right? So, so you know, all sporting events around the world. No fans. Who drinks beer? Fans. So, yes, you can drink it at home, and that's why they do have continued sales, but sales got hit pretty good. I mean, a year ago, they were about $13.6 billion, and then this most recent, in that quarter, a year ago quarter, and now this most recent quarter, $10 billion. Still big, great sales, right? Big sales, but that's a, that's a pretty big drop. Now, is it a good value? Well, the three dollars and seven. Let's say they make it back to three seven, three dollars and seven cents. Well, that's going to be around what a uh, fifteen forty five, so about seventeen PE. So it's not extra cheap. It's not expensive. Uh, it pays a two percent dividend, good return equity. So it's a good solid company. It doesn't have going. It will eventually probably get back to its growth, but it's going to take a year or two to get back to its old high. In, uh, in earnings per share. I think it's going to take a couple of years. So, you know, the low was about $33 at the bottom. That was 54 So, I mean, has a lot of support in the $50 to $55 area. It doesn't do anything for me. I probably would not be able to. I, just, I need more, uh, either a better, better buy or some more a catalyst for growth. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we present this program with five new shows each week, Monday through Friday, and it is broadcast and streamed live in the four o'clock hour Pacific time. And wherever you have investment questions, whenever that happens, I encourage you to contact me or Justin Klein at KPP Financial. You can explore our podcast library there if you want. You can search, listen, subscribe, you can rate us. So please take a second to do that. We'd love to be rated. You can do it at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-90-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. What a difference a year makes. A pandemic, financial shutdown, and market volatility. You've got finance and investment questions, and Steve Peasley is here now taking your calls live. 
Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Nolan Napa. Let's talk about Exxon Mobil. No. Hello, Steve. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, yeah, I, I own Exxon Mobil. I had it uh, less than a year, I guess. But it's, it's as you know, it's, it's at least in oh, yeah. my case, it's down over twenty eight percent, and uh, it's just uh, you know the space it's in isn't the greatest place to be right now. No, of course, no. someday. You know, it's a great company. It'll come back someday. But wouldn't I be better served to bail out of it and get into a uh, better better space in uh, the energy stocks right now? Well, it depends on your, your perspective. I mean, I, I, I frankly want to buy more of ExxonMobil. I'm kind of waiting to wait. To, by the way, we own ExxonMobil. I'm kind of waiting for it to stop falling. It hasn't stopped. It's getting close to the old low, about $30 in May back in March. So uh, ExxonMobil, the reason why I say that is because of the dividend, 10.6% dividend, right? They still have huge cash flows. They still can pay that dividend. I don't, I don't see how that's going to be a problem. I mean, uh, they've never cut their dividend in many, many, many years. So I would be surprised if they did. If they did, then a lot of companies, would bail, a lot of people would bail out of this company. That's for sure. Uh, could you pick a better company with better growth prospects? Oh, I think you could, yes. But um, then... Getting out of this company at the very, it's pretty low. You're getting at the, the low. And I never liked doing that on a big blue chip type stock. So personally, I think you should just, as long as you don't have too much of it, you know, just hold, hold on to it. I, I, that would be my, my preference. But if you don't have any cash to invest in something that's better, um, I can see you yeah, getting out of it. But I wouldn't do it. I, I think I would hold on to it. Appreciate the call, Noel. Thank you. Now, as you've noticed, on Fridays, I do squeeze in a rundown of some of the key benchmarks. The two-year treasury was at 0.133%. with less than one-tenth of 1% yield. The 10-year treasury holds on for 10 years, and you'll get 0.692% per year. <laughs> Two-thirds of a percent per year. What's inflation, everybody? 1.2, 1.4 percent a year. So you're losing money by buying a two-year or ten-year treasury. You're losing buying power. You're losing money. Your inflation, as low as it is, is still much higher than that. Oil is selling forty-two dollars a barrel, which is much better than the low. Remember, it was like nineteen, twenty dollars a barrel, and now it's much better at forty-two dollars. Uh, the national average for gasoline, the same as it was last week, $2.19 a gallon. gallon. California, uh, $3.20, always about a dollar more. In Nebraska, the average price is $2.14. And keep in mind that a year ago, gasoline on the national average was two sixty-five. So now it's much higher. Uh, well, I would say that, at least in California. Now, a year ago, two sixty-five, we were paying you know three sixty-five. 219 and out. Very inexpensive gasoline. So, okay, let's keep going. Here's a call that came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys, it's Alex here from Maryland. I wanted to go back in history a little bit and ask how trading was conducted in the 90s and even in the in the 2000s. You know, obviously, the apps that we use, I use 
TD Ameritrade and Robinhood to to do trades, and you know, I'm actively trading when possible. So I wanted to see how how it was done with no internet. You know, even going back to the 80s and 90s um, and 2000s, like I said, and um, you know, with fees and stuff, how it happened, and when you made a trade, were the prices outdated and stuff? So. Wanted to see if you guys could uh, go over that um, and go back in history a little bit to see how how it happened. And obviously, like I said, today it's much easier to to trade. So I, I'm guessing there's there was more or there is more volume now compared to those days. So, um, yep. Hope to hear uh, from you guys on, on the podcast. And uh, thank you so much. Have a great day. Well, it was a lot more work, and it was a lot more expensive, and we didn't trade in pennies. They didn't trade in pennies. We traded quarters and halves and three quarters, meaning 16 cents jumps at a time in price or 25 cent jump in price, not one pennies or you know, not like it is today. And we, you called in the order. The order would be called into your broker. The broker would call his floor guy. His floor guy would make, uh, you know, gather orders together and buy and sell hundreds or thousands of shares at a time. And Oh, in the 70s, 80s, it was costing between $50 and $125 per trade. So you didn't have these in and outs, in and outs that people do today. So therefore, you didn't have the volume. Well, then do that because it costs a lot of money to make a trade. So you didn't do, there were no such thing as day trades. Well, they were with floor brokers, but it was very rare that a day trader or individual would do it because the cost of the trade was too expensive. Uh, and so being so being free trades and and doing penny at a time has produced problems because now you have a lot of computerized trading and you have people trying to think they can make money day trading, which is very difficult, very 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 difficult. So you didn't have that kind of issue. You had to call in the order. You picked up the phone. You called it in. I want to buy three hundred shares of so and so, and he'd give you a price later on that day or the next day. This is what I got. On the next Invest Talk, six retirement planning mistakes to avoid when you are in your 60s. Okay, that story is tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. It's been another Investor Friday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility. And you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, um, from time to time, I think it's important to remind listeners that here on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, based in Irvine, California, we operate with a different philosophy than a lot of um, a lot of uh, independent uh, Money managers do. We we are independent. We don't we don't buy we don't buy ideas and what you know systems and things to manage our money. We come up with our own ideas, and it's pretty common that when you go with a money manager, they just stick you in a little formula with a big company, and they're the back end and they manage the money. Your your money manager you think is managing the money doesn't. I also buy the same things I do for myself as I do for my clients. At the same price, same time, same percentage. Okay, and we have a variety of strategies 
going from no risk or very little risk to high risk, depending on what you want to do. And, you know, we also offer free portfolio reviews. You know, if you want us to take a look uh, via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings, you can send us a message through investtalk.com or call KPP Financial in Irvine, California. And there's no obligation. Call, we'll talk. Talk about anything financial. Talk about what your know, financial life, where you are. Because we want to get an idea of what kind of risks you should take. We also have a questionnaire that we have that judges or gives you a risk score so we can see how kind of risk you would be comfortable with. We do all kinds of things like that. So, also, we answer questions on the air. I can take your questions right now. Here comes one from Utah. Hey, guys. This is Jake from Utah calling in. I'm really new to investing. I uh, started getting into a lot of, like, alternative energy companies, one of them being Plug Power. That is P-L-U-G. Purchased a few weeks ago at about $9 a share. It's bumped up to 1161 currently, but it was at a high of, like, 1435 Just unsure if this is still a good time to be purchasing or if you see any potential of the growth here. Thanks so much, and I look forward to hearing from you. Well, there's lots of potential. It's a $5 billion company, Plug, P-L-U-G, Plug Power, Inc., engaged in designing and, and making of fuel cell systems for industrial, off-road, and stationary power markets worldwide. It's a $14 stock, $14.14 now. They don't make money. They never made money, and you know what I think. You don't buy companies that don't make money. This stock has gone from $3 a share at the bottom of the COVID crisis in March to now $14. It was $14 at the end of August. Uh, it has now hit this price point three times, three times. Uh, so it's trying to break through. I would draw a trend line as long as it stays above that trend, and it is right now, uh, I would stick with it. But if it broke down through the trend, <clears throat> I would sell most of my holdings because, you know, <clears throat> you have a nice profit and you want to hold that. The company's not going to make money next year. Sales growth is about, last quarter was 18%. The quarter before that, it was 89%. The quarter that was 53 before that, 10 So, pretty good growth rate, but it only has sales of $60 to $70 million quarter. It's a $5 billion company. So, it's really overvalued. But it's based on the excitement of alternative energy, which is, big popular thing to do these days. So I would hold it, but if it breaks down below trend, I'd probably take my profits and run. I don't like to buy companies that don't make money. It's just my philosophy. Okay, what history says about the U.S. stock market? Okay, first of all, it says September is usually your worst month of the year. And this month, it's pretty bad, down 2% because we had that little correction, Right. Uh, down 2.3% for the month, okay? And that's pretty bad for a month, okay? Now, the S&P dropped, uh, what, 3.9%. Uh, now, that's not the whole drop because it did fall back, started to fall in August. It fell further than that. But just for the month of September, 3.9%. And for the NASDAQ, fell 5.2%. Okay, so that's what it did for the month. Um, so, that's not a bad thing because almost very consistently, October 
has a bottom of the market and starts to rally, the market rallies to the end of the year. Now, of course, this is a very unusual year we're talking about because of COVID. So will it revert to its normal uh, pattern of being, you know, strong market at the end of the year? And I'm going to say it all, it will depend on if we get the spending package that the Republicans and Democrats are working on. That is going to be very positive for the market when that comes through. And I think it will come through. It's just a matter of when. It might be after the election, you know, or it might be before. They're still talking, but we won't know that. But from an annual point of view, usually the summers are not very good. Usually the springs, winter months are good. Okay? The fall, late fall, winter, early, you know, the first quarter are good. Okay, investors today are often tempted to invest in IPOs, as you all know, even though they can be very, very risky. You know what I think about them. Um, as we all know, the market changes every day. So as we, I, I do have a trivia question, and this is it. Um, I am thinking of two examples of famous stocks. Famous. One has failed. The other is doing well after a merger. Both companies were organized a long time ago, so they're very old. Can you name my history spotlight spotlight stocks? Okay, 19, 1921 I and everything. One is retail, one is technology. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team, 
addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Okay, I have the question for you, the trivia question. Uh, and it was uh, one thing that every serious investor will come to understand is that there is risk, risk out there. Um, I am thinking of two examples of famous stocks. One has failed, the other exists today in a new form. Both companies were organized a long time ago. Okay, and I told you what areas they were in. So every, every stock has risk, no matter how old and long they've been around. You still have risk. Okay, so, and as a history lesson, I briefly looked at these two stocks that each were founded decades ago. First, Sears and Roebuck and Company, founded in 1886. Sears today has no ticker symbol due to a hard dines and mergers. But there was a point when every American knew about Sears, was like Walmart today or Costco. Everybody knew Sears. That's where you bought stuff. They had a catalog. You bought through the Sears catalog. It was famous. They went public in 1906, and they were added to the Dow Jones Industrial in 1924. Sears had a good long run of prosperity. Now, from July of 1926 to March of 2005, Sears and Robot Company produced an annualized return of 10.9%. 10.9. Its lifetime wealth creation was equivalent of $120.6 billion. So Sears was around forever. Forever. Now here's an example of a company that can trace its creation back to the 1920s, except this company is still around. But it's part of a big company, part of a merger. United Technologies. United Technologies. It was, it was an industrial conglomerate that makes a huge range of products, such as aircraft, engines, air conditioners, elevators, technology for the aviation industry. The company was, in 1929, part of United Aircraft and Transport. Then a, and then a Dow component started in 1930. It became United Aircraft due to a 1934 antitrust breakup and was renamed United Technologies in 1975. 
From May of 1929 to December 2016, the United Technologies provide, produced an annualized return of 9.9%. Think about it. 1929 to 2016, just held on to it. 9.9% return annualized. They created $126.2 billion in their lifetime. So United Technologies Corporation merged with Raytheon Company, RTX, in April of this year. The stock returns record for each company were both equal. One is gone, the other is still around. If you, you know, if you count the mergers and everything. Pretty interesting, huh? That tells you, you know, no matter how big, how strong the company is, it's still risky. That's why I tell you, every company is risky. But they're also to return 10% on the eyes, these big blue chip companies, pretty much consistently. ExxonMobil, caller earlier, paying a yield of 10%, let alone whether it grow 10%. Okay, let's get back to the questions. Let's go back to the voice bank, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. I had a quick question, and I hope you guys can elaborate on the recent news that J.P. Morgan was fined nearly a billion dollars for, I guess it was aftermarket or pre-market manipulation. I'm a big precious metals investor, and I'm wondering how this may or may not have affected me. Appreciate the response. I love the show. Thanks. Well, it could have. It could have. Uh, it depends. I wasn't involved or wasn't really aware of how the details of what J.P. Morgan did. But, you know, manipulating the market is something they're not allowed to do. None of the big companies are. And many times they get caught doing that. Not always. Trust me. The big boys can manipulate the market because they have so much money, so they have a lot of power behind them. Think about it. It's this easy. If the stock only is small and it only trades, uh, you know, 50,000 shares a day, the whole company is worth maybe, you know, $100, $200 million, which is a very small company. A company like J.P. Morgan can buy and sell that company completely. You can buy all the shares every day. It could buy the entire volume. It could sell the entire volume in a day. So it could easily manipulate. And they do manipulate. They can manipulate legally. There's things that they can do that are legal to manipulate a stock because of their size. So there's things they can do illegally too. And apparently J.P. Morgan did something that was illegal. And what will happen if you are part of that illegal manipulation and you got hurt, you're going to get a what is called a claim form from the SEC, Security Exchange Commission, to make a claim for your damages. So, and that I get, I have gotten many of them over the years. The problem is you get pennies on the dollar from people who really make out for those deals are usually, you know, class action suits, which follow are the attorneys. They're the ones that really make out. Now, it depends on what the fine was for. You're not going to get any part of the fine. But I guarantee you, if there's a fine, there's class action suit, and you will get a claim form. Anyways, thanks for the question. Appreciate it. The KPP Premium Newsletter, which went out today, it's distributed every Friday, is probably safe to assume that the public was focused on the three planned presidential debates this week. But I think from, you know, today's... Uh, uh, the the week was pretty strong, really. If you think about it, so 
So it was fell today because of the, the, the president getting the coronavirus. So I mentioned all that. Mentioned the economic numbers that came out. You know, I uh, mentioned a deal that they're trying to work on to, to, to push the market. And I think that the, because there was some positive statements from both sides that the market liked what they heard and pushed prices up this week. You had the Case-Shiller report. A lot of economic numbers, and I went over them quickly. The Case-Shiller report is a home price index showed that the house, house increases, home increases 4.8% for July. That was up from 4.4% the month before. And for the year, it was up 24%. Consumer confidence numbers spiked up to 101 from 86. Not big keen on that report, but it's interesting. Today, the ADP report had 749,000 jobs created, private sector jobs created. But when we got the official report today, it wasn't nearly as much. It was 600-something shares, uh, new jobs reported. But, you know, the market liked what it saw during the week. So that's the newsletter for that section. That's the main section. I have other sections, portfolio view, portfolio management section. Uh, Everybody's looking for the next big winner, I said. We all do that. But we don't consider the risks involved in doing that. So stocks, you know, there's other sectors and other alternative investments and the risk involved in buying those things. And I'd mentioned precious metals, commodities, hedge funds, real estate. Uh, you know, there's always risk with stocks and bonds. But the alternative assets could be just as risky or less risky or a different kind of risk, not the same as a stock market risk. So you can get diversification by moving over to put some of your, your portfolio into those kinds of alternative investments. Um, let's see. On the stock ideas... The largest category and alcohol supplier it wasn't Bud. The earlier caller made not that one. Also, I talked about that one. That the next one that competes with Bud, and then I talked about the fourth largest container board company as a stock idea. Uh, remember, these are ideas. Uh, every, a couple every week that you put on your watch list. You do your own research and take it from there. But I give you some good solid companies. Okay. And uh, let's see, finally, Consumer Watch. The question when to buy a car, when whether to purchase a new car, used car. Because, you know, usually September, you start seeing the new models for next year come out for new cars. And you might get some great deals on the this year's model. Okay. Um, and the question is, should you pay cash? Should you not pay cash? And is it justifiable? When do you know when to buy a new car, you know, or a used car, you know, either one? You know, what are some of the, you know, I'm trying to rationalize the decision rather than just because you want it. Not because, that should not be your only reason, because you want a new car. That's the last thing you should really consider. Unless you're just ultra, ultra wealthy and it doesn't matter. You can do that. Okay, and I, you know, this rate, you know, this is the newsletter. It comes out every week. Uh, you can go to KPP Financial. You can subscribe to it, and I would love to see you get it. So let's squeeze in another caller question, 888-99-CHART. Hello. I'm new to investing and new to your show. I'm curious about a stock, Akerna, K-E-R-N. It specializes in the dynamic of controlling the seed-to-sale regulatory 
position in the cannabis industry. They seem to be very regular, and at a glance, they look like they're an easy choice to buy into here soon in the last quarter. Just curious what you think about it, and if they, you have any general advice for a new investor like myself. Thank you. Okay, A. Kerner Corporation, A. Kerner, A. Kerner, spelled A-K-E-R-N-A. The symbol is K-E-R-N. It is a $58 million company. That tells you something very significant. Very, very small company. $3.96 a share. They lose money, lose money every year. So as a new, new investor, don't buy companies that don't make money. That's a simple rule. Make sure your companies make money. This one hasn't made money since 2017. They're going to lose 52 cents, 82 cents a share this year, lose 57 cents a share next year. They only do about $3 million worth of share uh, sales a quarter. Way, way, way too small, very risky, not a smart thing to invest in. They have gone as high as $11 a share. They're now at $3.96. Okay, um... No, I wouldn't buy this stock. I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest you buy it. Stick with companies that make money. All you beginners out there, you need to buy companies that make money. Okay? You need to buy companies that are good size because you don't know how to pick these small companies. He probably heard this, and I would probably suspect he heard this on someone giving somebody a tip. Somebody, never buy a tip. Do the work. Buy the company. Now, is it going to move up? Probably. I would suggest it could get back up to $10, $11 and fall again and then go back up and fall in. Done that three times this year. Two times. Fell three. This is the third time it fell. Resin twice. So it's $3.50, $4, back up to $10, $11, back down to $3. Well, that's how it acts when you don't make money. So stocks act. There's nothing to hold it up. There's nothing to continue you know, you got to have sales and earnings and growth. It doesn't have those things. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And I encourage you to explore the financial and investment information we post on our website at investtalk.com. Really would think, think you can benefit from it. You can learn more about the various investment strategies and opportunities we offer here at KPP Financial. For example, you can check out our balanced income program. It offers an ideal blend of growth and income. You can make income through bonds and interest. Uh, you make bonds and dividend income is where you get it. The growth is that we, you know, it splits between it splits the portfolio between bonds and dividend-paying stocks. Very stable. Yeah, it will go down in value at times, and it go up in value at times. But over a long period of times, it's very stable. Okay. So if you're serious, you want to learn more about the, that particular program, just go to investtalk.com. Okay. Um, remember, we're all working for financial freedom. That's what we're doing. And we're doing it, we're taking it with the risks that we're comfortable with. So what is your risk level? We can help you with that as well. Remember, go to investtalk.com. Check it out. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This Invest Talk. Good news, Steve and Justin have recorded another Rapid Fire Hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. In this special bonus show podcast, 
you'll hear responses to 34 finance and investment questions. The theme of the program concerns market processes, best practices for investors, and explanations of various terms and investment opportunities. So tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com for the free August Rapid Fire Hour. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. 888 chart 888-992-4278. I got a couple, three talking points to uh, discuss uh, and before the end of the day. Um, and we talked about what history says about, you know, there's a cycles. You know, there's a whole books on cycles, by the way. Huge books on different cycles, uh, stock market cycles, uh, you know, and how they how they tra- how they tail into the entire economic cycles. There, there is a tr- the economic cycle and the stock market cycle are attached, but the stock market cycle always is first. It reacts before the economic cycle. So, for instance, when the stock market when the economy peaks. The stock market starts to fall. Happened this time. This happened to be caused by the COVID. And then what happens is there's certain cycles that go up. I mean, certain sectors that go up in different parts of the economic cycle. And there's books on these things that you can read and learn. And we have a list of books on our website. By the way. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom, as always. And our work will continue right after this break. 888. 99 charts. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart. 888 Let's talk to Joss in Utah. I want to talk about uh, Neo Inc., the Chinese automaker. Go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, hi. First time, yeah, hi. First time caller. Uh, interested in NIO. I've been investing many years and big Tesla fan and want to get your opinion of NIO. Okay, NIO, everybody, is. Uh, a Chinese car a company manufacturing sells electric vehicles, parts, as well as pre, uh, provides battery charging services. It's a $22 billion company. It does about $526 million a quarter. Had a really good quarter. So uh, that, there was excitement about it. That was 100%, 140% growth in the quarter from before. Before the, that, it was shrinking. Well, COVID, you know, did, did damage to it. It does not make money. So a lot of people are acting like this is a, a Tesla-type company. And electric vehicles are very popular. Electric vehicles, stocks, or anything surrounding electric vehicles is very popular. They just raised $300 million uh, to, uh, to, to, uh, to keep investing in their company. So they're in the growth phase right now. They're not making money. They IPO'd back in 2018. It's pretty darn expensive, a $21 stock, and they're going to lose $0.46 cents a share this year. 
They lost 72 cents last year. They lost $1.52 the year before. See, so they're not, you know, and remember, Tesla lost money consistently for years and finally turned around. So did Amazon, by the way, because they're building out, trying to grow. So the question is, do I, I, I wouldn't buy this for several reasons. You know, I don't buy stocks that make money, don't make money. And it's a Chinese stock, so I'm not sure I can rely on the numbers there. I mean, I have trouble relying on numbers here in the United States companies, let alone Chinese companies. But, you know, the hype is there. Josh, there's a lot of hype around it. So, you know, if you own it, you ride it as long as you can ride it. Maybe put a, a trailing stop or a trend line. If it starts to fall, get out. But who knows where it's going to go? It's hard to know. Josh, thanks for the call. That's NIO, N-I-O, everybody. A lot of excitement around that particular company. Okay, I had several talking points today. Um, you know, I'm thinking, I was thinking, sitting back thinking about all the companies, all the different sectors are being destroyed because, you know, they talked about how many layoffs in the airline industry yesterday. Thousands upon thousands of layoffs. Well, another industry that I think might get destroyed Maybe not completely, but devastated enough that it's going to take years, if not a decade, to come back. And that's the fitness business, the brick-and-mortar fitness business, like 24-hour fitness out here, which filed for bankruptcy even before COVID. And they're trying to survive, trying to come out. I mean, think about think about COVID and think about what you're not supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to gather in crowds. You're not supposed to have group groups of workout people, right? I mean, you got to be far apart. Uh, you're supposed to wear a mask. How can, yeah, my wife goes to the 24-hour fitness, and she says she pulls down the mask so she can breathe. Well, isn't that defeating the whole purpose of the mask? Okay, uh, luckily she goes at 3 in the morning where there's hardly anybody there, but it's still a danger, right? Um a lot of sweating and coughing and hacking, you know, as you, you know, you're working out and getting winded. A lot of, think of all that stuff you're sucking in your lungs, other people's germs, right? It's already a problem. And you're going to take a shower in there with other people's taking a shower? So I think this industry is going to be the one that's be this and probably airline and, and then the entertainment industry, shipping, you know, cruise ships. These, these industries are going to be hit hard. But I do think the fitness industry is, is going to be difficult, very difficult for them to come back. Very, very difficult. So, one other thing. Uh, do you hear, did you guys catch on to Pepsi has selling a new product and they can't keep it on the shelf? It's called Cheetos Mac and Cheese. They can't keep it. It's selling like hotcakes. It belongs to Pepsi. Interesting stuff. Anyways, in the meantime, please, uh, you know, this is the end of the show. I'm Steve Peasley, and thank you for listening. Uh, please tell your friends and family members if they cho- they can choose from over 100 archived Best Month podcasts. They can. You can download it at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and investtalk.com. And remember, we also stream the program live each weekday, 4 o'clock hour Pacific time. Independent thing and share success, everybody. Have a great weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. 
Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 